When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. Back to Proving Ground 6, the Elder Throne. And this time we're doing the penultimate scenario, the Elder Throne Part 3. Or maybe more accurately, the Elder... Well, okay, well, only one of the thrones is Elder. The other thrones are made out of different things. But the Elder Throne is destroyed. So this time, another throne? Well, let's just see. Begin. At the conclusion of the previous part, the young woman standing, standing in the spacious cabin's crooked doorway, her hands planted on her hips and her eyes scouring the bodies strewn across the floor, is unmistakably Uriel, the spellcaster you first met amidst the wounds of Krayus Tarn, who, is, who has since played an important though mysterious role in the affair that began with the discovery of the leather-bound journal in Midsbrook event that seems to have taken place in another lifetime. Oyo glances about at the gruesome evidence of violence that fills the cabin, the most recent of which is her own doing, and sighs. She steps into the womb and closes the door behind her. Leave it to you, Zoop, she said, shaking her head. It's no wonder Thane Thorlon tosses these missions your way. She is, of course, most wise to do so. Going to be thankful you're on our side. Do you have the books? Despite the naive suspicion that something about the young spellcaster is different, you sense she is as you remember, a powerful and trustworthy ally. You nod and hold up the cloth sack containing the three leather-bound journals. Oya returns your nod. Then we mustn't delay, she says, looking for the door. Our enemies are closing in all around us. 
The worst is just ahead. On that point, we may be certain. Let's get the books to the summoning site and be done with this. Once and for all. And now. Oreo steps forward and meets you in the shoulder cross. While you sent shoes will lead to have found you. And equally relieved that you successfully retrieved the journals. You can't help but feel that something apart from the peril directly associated with the current situation is weighing heavily on her mind. Thane Thorland and Thane Porrand are no doubt already urged, already awaiting us, she says, her voice adopting an even more urgent tone. Yay, Thane Porrand is alive! If we don't get, get these books to the summer site, then all of this will have been for nothing. Come on, then. One last little journey. To making certain the three leather-bound books are tucked away safely in amongst your belongings, you're about to follow Yurio out of the cabin when she stops at the door and turns to face you. A calm expression has replaced the harried look that previously dominated her countenance. I've never said it before, Zook, she says, looking you squarely in the eyes, but I've long known it. Don't pretend to understand any of it. You don't want, you don't know what I'm referring to, and ask you to forget what you're about to tell. Whereas I'm afraid you think I've lost my mind. Perhaps that is so. I only wish to say thank you, Zoop. Haven't forgotten that winter afternoon in the gorge. Likely never know how it is that you were there, but I'm certain it was you. Nothing will ever convince me otherwise. Thank you. For that moment, your thoughts drift away from the cabin and the lined face of the powerful stellcaster standing before you melts into the wound, smooth visage of the young girl you encountered in the snowy vale many years ago. As your thoughts abruptly return to the present, you once again find yourself looking at Uria, as it seems you have always known. A comp- an accomplished mage, a grand master of telekinetic magic, a trusted ally to her friends and companions, and a fearsome but compassionate opponent of her enemies. Momentarily lost for words, you manage a nod. Oreo smiles and turns from the door. Okay, looks like I didn't mess her up at least. You exchange no further words with Oreo as the two of you swiftly exit the cabin and make your way way along the fog-shrouded decks of the galleon towards the gangplank that leads down onto the quayside. Only a handful of guards attempt to stop you, and in every instance, Uriel quickly dispatches them with her formidable, formidable telekinetic powers, taking care to see that none of the soldiers are seriously harmed. Matter of a few minutes, you and Uriel are off the ship and moving through the streets of Port Halleck eager to put a safe distance between yourselves and the recently transpired events aboard the tethered ship. Without warning, Yorio stops at the edge of the port's largest market and purchases a half loaf of crumbling bread from a haggard, toothless man those freshly braked wares from a myriad of baskets spread out across the surface of a watting table. It's been a day or two, she says, Stuffing the bread into her mouth, she does her best to flash you a wide grin. Would you like some? Here, come on, let's go. The few minutes you've passed out of the bustling market district and find yourself approaching the broad square that lies just outside the city's imposing west gate, 
There, in the shadow of Port Harlech's ancient ivy-covered walls, the base of one of the port's many guard towers, you pause to catch your breath and contemplate your current circumstance. You've still got them, haven't you? Oreo flicks away the remains of the breadcrumbs, clinging to her face, and regards you with a questioning glance. Realise she's asking about the journals. You nod. I was followed into the city, she says, returning her attention to the crowded square just inside the gates. We didn't worry about that particular pursuit, but I'm certain there were others on our trail. It's been at least a year since I was able to move without constantly looking back over my shoulder. I suspect it's been the same for you. Standing at the base of the guard tower of Uriel, as your eyes scour the bustling square that lies just inside the city gates, you're suddenly overcome by a flood of vivid memories. Disorientating and unnerving sensation leaves you reeling, but in its wake you find your immediate objective has been made plain. You recall the mission given to you by Thane Thorlan. Who is Thane Thorlan? There's a link here. Having earned an almost unparalleled reputation as a heroic adventurer, and as a loyal, powerful, and influential supporter of the Tyson Crown, Thane Thorlan has recently been given the task of reclaiming and securing Sangard Isle. So, we're still going to the Isle. Why? Why are we going to that isle? I mean, hmm, who knows? There's definitely a scheme in it. To, tra- to travel to Mixborough and retrieve three, three, three journals in the keeping of one of the Thane's most trusted em- agents. When we're arriving in Mixborough, only to find yourself the target of an ambush by the sinister minions of a faceless, nameless enemy. Having surprised the unexpected attack, led by a trio of fire-wielding Tazar warriors, you discover the books were bound for Port Harlech, where it becomes part of a cargo bound for, of all places, Sangard Isle. When you inform Thane Thorn of this turn of events, you were immediately dispatched to the port city. There, you sought out the hope of a man you formerly known as the daring and mysterious Master Thief Al, though he is now little more than a hopeless drunkard. His first-hand knowledge of all the comings and goings along the quay made him invaluable as you attempted to discover the locations of the journals. You now clearly remember the words of Thane Thorland, spoken to you just as you set out from Port Harlech. The Fane instructed you to meet up with her at a specific location in the forest south and west of the city. More than once, the Fane referred to the location as the summoning site. But what are they summoning? The, is, are they summoning a fire big enough to actually destroy these books? Or is it something more ambitious than that? For relieved to be seemingly regaining these important memories... You're constantly aware of a constant gnawing sense of dread that accompanied their restoration. It seems as if it's the conclusion of a dark and terrible business is at last at hand, but that with every moment that passes, a timeless, unrelenting menace is closing in, even now striving to ravel all that's been brought to fruition by your grand efforts and selfless courage. It's a sobering thought. 
and an ocean that swiftly tempers the fleeting relief, sense of relief you felt while contemplating the near and long-desired end of this shadowy affair, refusing to come paralysed by the rising tide of despair and doubt, resolved to focus your effort on reaching the summoning side. Brings you no small measure of comfort to know Uriel is at your side. Uriel makes several more vague references to the experiences experiences she arrived at the poor city, leaving you with a distinct impression that those who followed her were not human, and that something about the matters left her shaking. Come on, Zoop, she says at last. I don't think there's anything to fear here. To tell you the truth, I'm not sure I even know what I'm looking for. Let's go. Stepping in front of the sorcerer, you leave your way round the edge of the square and out through the city gates. Once outside the city, the two of you turn south along a well-travelled road that leads from the gates of Port Halleck into a region of low hills and scattered forest. Oyo says nothing, nothing further regard to who or what pursued her to Port Halleck. And since she does not wish to discuss the matter, you decide to leave it, leave it be. Only just began to ask her more about the summoning site, seeking to learn what exactly is supposed to pl- take place there, when the two of you, startled by a sharp crackle of energy and a sudden rush of wind, simultaneously turn your gazes to the world at your back. Oreo's eyes widen and her stance becomes rigid, as you both behold a swirling cloud of grey mist drifting along the road towards you. Alarmed by the sudden appearance of the mist, you fall back several yards along the road, calling out to Uriel to do the same. The maid seems unable, unwilling to comply with your frantic plea. The band of flick, swirling mist swiftly envelops her as, as she stands motionless in the middle of the road. Slowly, with the mist now, Churning mist now slivering about her. Oreo turns to face you. Your heart skips a beat as you behold the figure now surrounded by the sinister fog. Blink of an eye. The powerful sorcerer, staunch ally, and royal friend you've long known is once again the small, fearful girl you last looked upon in the snowy gorge nearly three decades ago. The haunting stare of the young Oreo as she stands motionless in the grip of the swirling mist, is a sight you will never forget. The small girl opens her mouth as to speak, but suddenly closes her lips and smiles. Frozen in place, unable to bring yourself to act, you watch as the fog-shrouded figure of Uria begins to fade from view. It is with a profound sense of dread that you realise you are looking upon her for the last time. Inexplicably, you find yourself... Somewhat certain, the young girl, her broad, broad smile, undimmed upon her slender face, has come to the same realisation. Sailed by a surging gust of winds, the band, the band of swirling grey mist scatters, its wispy elements dissipating to nothingness. No trace of Ruyel remains. As the wind subsides, the dread that descended upon you only moments ago, is swiftly replaced by an overwhelming sense of confusion and bewilderment. The strange sensation passes, and in its wake you are left with no memory of the woman you know as Uriel. 
No recollection of the young girl who fled her life through the icy gorge on a winter's day many years ago. No remembrance of the strong and faithful companion with whom you shared so many adventures. Not a single fleeting thought to bring to mind the face of a woman who was never born. Whoa. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> These are... That is... That is sinister. Look at that. That is terrifying. I mean, could have, could have been anyone. Could have been me. <laughs> I have to end this. Standing alone in the middle of the world, still struggling to overcome, the cloud of bewilderment inexplicably descended upon you. You are suddenly overwhelmed that a tying tide of emotion leaves you caught with a cloying sense of weariness. Recalling your last meeting with Thane Fallen, you managed to overcome your momentary disorientation and prepare to once again resume your journey. Following the recently recalled directions previously provided to you by the Thane, you soon depart from the larger road and head west along a narrow, overgrown lane that plunges into the thick of the woods. To nearly an hour, the tap abruptly turns to the south, where it passes through a range of gaunt hillocks before descending into a broad, stony basin. Pausing at the foot of one of the jagged, rocky promontories, you surveyed the landscape in all directions. The edge of the basin, less than a hundred yards to the south, is now plainly visible. Based on what you can recall from your last conversation with the Thane, the basin is the location in which your post-mission rendezvous will take place, and the final stage of this perilous affair will begin. After completing your survey of the immediate area, finding nothing that seems to indicate the presence of any sort of intimate danger, you cautiously proceed along the winding path towards the summoning site. You reach the edge of the basin and stare down at the broad, deep bowl carved out of the boulder-strewn forest floor. In an instance, the sense of elation that came over you as you approached the oppression was replaced by profound dismay. There is no sign of anyone either in or around the summoning site. Realising that your current vantage voice places you in plain view of anyone who may be watching, you take several steps along the stony track that descends into the basin, for drawing to halt next to a rounded shoulder of ledge. Peering out around the shoulder of stone, you carefully study the basin. Longly shaped stone formation winding out the ground, centre of the basin, is just as you recall it being described to you by Thane Thorland, the last meeting. A clandestine appointment, which you suddenly recall took place in a small inn on the road to Port Harlech. You're now certain you've reached the designated spot. But with glowing dismay, you find yourself struggling to contemplate what dire influences are to be drawn from the unexpected absence of the Thane and a usual contingency of guards. With no desire to allow your actions to be directed by a burgeoning sense of unease, you are resolved to wait, leaning back against the outcropping of the ledge. You remain alert to the rhythmic 
almost soothing sounds of the forest that drift down into the basin. To only a few moments, you become aware of a low, pulsing hum. Oh dear. Something's gonna be gated in. Peering up, it's probably going to be Arbitazar, stone constructs, and those blazing fire elemental humanoids. Peering around the shoulder of rock that has so far concealed your position, you watch with widening eyes as four firewind portals peer in unison around the edge of the basin. The portals, one hovering against each of the basin's sides, north, south, east and west, all emit low, pulsing hums that blend in with the crackling of the fires that frame them. Your eyes are subtly drawn to the centre of the basin, where a frail, bent figure stands alone on a patch of stony grounds. The figure seems to have appeared quite suddenly, as your sweeping gaze had not noticed him only seconds ago. Despite the considerable distance that separates you, your pulse races as you readily identify the figure to be a lot of Lurakan, the man you previously knew as the dour-faced liaison to Fane Mazabak on Sangard Isle. As if already aware of your presence, Lukuin turns in your direction and bows. I've brought you something, my friend, his sinister telepathic whisper echoes through your thoughts. Though I hardly suppose you'll find it to your liking. Sukarin steps to the side, revealing a small, crumpled mass on the ground at his feet. You realise immediately you're looking at the body. You realise only moments later, you are staring at the unmoving remains of the seer, Karlalif. Oh man, I mean, if they could take her down, she had time magic. I'm really in it. I mean, who will defend time? Who will defend time? Oh dear. The shock induced by the sudden appearance of the four portals and the unexpected and sinister arrival of Lucacan is swiftly and quickly replaced by overwhelming rage and a desire to see the bent advisor struck dead, holding out the slimmest of ropes that Kalef is somehow still alive. He rushed down into the basin, fully prepared to engage Lugicon. As you draw to within a dozen yards of the seer's unmoving body, however, Lukakan subtly sinks into the earth, as if slipping into the mouth of an unseen portal. You wire at Kalev's side in the centre of the basin, alone. The seer appears to be dead. Before you can make a closer examination, a loud war, issued in unison out of the inky, swirling cores of, the, of each of the four portals surrounding the basin, fills you with dread. You realise at once, you've walked directly into a trap. Although really, that's to be expected when you've got four portals that four portals around you and 90 percent of the time when someone opens a portal they're bringing monsters through there are a few exceptions there's that portal that goes to Sangard Island and there's a couple that Huron opened but those are about it the rest of the time someone's bringing in monsters or they're a bad guy using it to move quickly about
standing over the unmoving body of Karlif. You turn and watch, momentarily frozen in horror, as a vast, vast and deadly force, the vile minions of the powerful and malicious enemy, pour out of the four portals in countless numbers, spilling into the boulder-strewn basin, fire-wielding silver armatures or massive stone and iron constructs, towering beasts beings of flame and strange swirling creatures of grey mist swarm the basin, quickly drawing in upon your position. Instinct tells you to survive against such seemingly impossible odds. You will need to reach the four portals. The crossing the enemy-strewn battlefield is not an endeavour you're particularly eager to undertake. So, I've seen the tuzzle, the constructs, and the towering beings of flame before. But what are these creatures of grey mist? Are there anything like the thing that just erased Uriel? In which case... I'm in a lot of trouble. Through crossing, crossing the, no, no, oh, yeah, I've already said that. You're standing on a stretch of stony earth at almost the exact center of a wide, boulder-strewn basin. As your feet lies the body of Carliff, her face is turned upwards, and her life, lifeless eyes, swift, swiftly, vividly reflects the churning blaze grey scouts that fill the sky. Despite the chaos that rages throughout the basin and the vast enemy horde closing in on your arcation, an unexpected sense of tranquility comes over you in the presence of the deceased seer. seer. Uh, examine her remains. An examination of the seer's remains reduces she indeed dead to find her find your gaze instinctively drawn towards her dark, lifeless eyes suddenly. Your gaze is drawn to the seer's open but motionless eyes. For a fleeting moment, the seer's eyes flicker and a soft voice echoes through her thoughts. You will, I will help you for as long as I am able. You must complete what has begun. Find the thrones. Destroy them. Her lifeless eyes flicker once more and then become still, though they remain open. Okay, so through these portals are the thrones. So, I'm right in the middle of this, this of a, an area. It's a dungeon map, but it's a big old square. Big old square filled with enemies. And in, the, in each court, in each side, there's one of the portals. I'm going to go east to the eastern portal. The ground beneath your feet shakes as a massive stone and iron construct stomps out of the encroaching horde. The towering being pilots its head in your direction. It immediately starts towards you, its giant, energy-entwined fists rising in your direction. So, I've got a few options. Level 70 in every magic. Oh, I think so. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. What oh, is one missing? Oh, every magic except restoration, of course. Because you can't use that to attack people. So, uh, the only ones I do have at level 70 are Shadow, Magic, Elementalism, Fortification. I could also hold my ground and engage the enemy or run away. 
I'll use shadow magic. Failed. Your attempt to use your power has failed. Well, that's shadows for you. They do what they do what they want to do, and it turns out that this time, what they want to do isn't helping me. Quickly prepare for combat. With the the chaotic roar of the enemy horde that fills the basin ringing in your ears, you bravely engage the stone and iron construct. I'm just going to quick combat this. Because it'll be the tremble with uncontrollable rage as you assail your foe. And he is slain. 27 XP. With a loud, loud groan, crumpled with the sound of splittering stone, the massive construct collapses into a twisted heap of rubble, tremendous bulk sending tremors surging through the ground beneath your feet. With the enemy horde still pressing in on you from all sides, will take only a few seconds to catch your breath before once again setting off across the field of battle. Okay, making my examine the portals. You're currently 60 yards south of the eastern portal, 45 yards west of the eastern or eastern portal, 40 yards north, 20 yards 30 yards east of the southern portal and 15 yards south 75 yards east of the western portal. Yeah, so these tell you exactly how to get to the yards. And each step in the dungeon is 15 yards. With making them big enough to have a massive battle in. Going east once more. The ground beneath your feet shakes as a massive stone and iron construct stomps out of the encroaching horde. The towering Benoth pivots its head in your direction and immediately starts towards you, its giant energy-entwined fists rising into the air. This time, I will use Elementalism. Succeeded. The timing clever use of the power of Elementalism creates the opportunity for you to deal with the iron and construct Island stone construct a devastating blow. With your enemy reeling in the wake of the swift and unexpected attack, you quickly can prepare for combat. The chaotic war of the enemy or that fills the basin wigging your ears. You bravely engage the stone and iron construct. I'm gonna fight this one manually just to see. The towering construct smashes you with its energy entwined fist. Devastating blow for thirty one damage. Alright, keep bashing, bashing, bashing. It's I think it, it's I think it's easier. It's probably it's probably got less health because I, I smashed it. You have slain your foe. Twenty-five XP. With a with a loud groan, coupled with the sound of splintering stone, the massive construct collapses into a twisted heap of rubble, the tremendous bulk sending tremors surging through the ground beneath your feet. The enemy horde still pressing in on you on all sides. Take only a few seconds to catch your breath. For once again setting off across the field of battle. Okay, Two steps to the east to the first portal. A swill hiss rises above the chaotic den that fills the basin. Causing you to instinctively draw yourself into that defensive stance. I'm sort of, it's sort of good for me that these things aren't, you know gathering together into one massive force but i guess that's just how the magic 
works. The silver armoured Tazzle, his clawed hands grasping the hilt of glistening scimitar, emerges from the surrounding horde and surges across the stony ground towards you, its blazing yellow eyes fixed on its intended prey. So I can now use fortification. The timely and clever use of fortification creates the opportunity to deal with the churning band of mist, devastating blow. The enemy wheeling in your wake of your swift and unexpected attack, you quickly prepare for combat. With the chaotic roar of the enemy horde that fills the basin ringing in your ears, you bravely engage the churning band of mist. Suddenly, just as it draws within relay range, a swirling cloud of fog transforms itself into the vaporous likeness of a massive wolf. It's a massive mist wolf. The deadly mist wolf swells as it attempts to envelop you. Yep, you keep you keep doing that. Keep trying to envelop you. You'll feel weaker as your opponent drains energy from your body for 15 damage, but it is slain for 23 XP. Without a sound, the creature of fog rapidly dissipates, leaving behind only thin wisps of grey mist. The enemy horde, still pressing in around you on all sides, take only a few seconds to catch your breath before once again setting off across the field of battle. One more step to the eastern portal. You're standing on a broad patch of scoured ground at the east edge of the basin. Over Hitch hovers one of the four firewind portals. The sinking, swirling core of the magical gate emits a steady, pulsating hump suddenly. You fall back from the firewind gate and instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the bent figure of Lucrocrin rises out of the ground if she's just emerged from an unseen portal. As his feet come to west solid earth, his face twists into a cool expression of rage. Moments you feel as you're standing face to face with a wild, savage, desperate creature. Something far removed from the frail, dowered visor you so vividly recall. And so at last we are to be rid of you, he snarls. Hold your ground and engage Luachan. Icy fingers claw at the edges of your psyche as Luachan launches a powerful psionic attack. You bravely engage your formidable opponent, eager to enact exact revenge on the cruel mage for his role in the demise of Karalith. Although I feel he might have just he might have just been mind controlled by the by either the thrones all the people behind the thrones, or someone else that the thrones have corrupted. But whatever he once was, is gone. And whatever he once was, wasn't that good anyway. <laughs> so begin combat. Alright, so I've got to roll an 8 plus for this one. Looking in his eyes, it's a faint white glow as the sinister maze launches a psychic attack. Yeah, just keep bashing him. Mm, wait, has he got any specials? Alright, I do a special. Oh, wait, here it comes. Your mind feels as if it's about to explode. It feels as your mind is assailed by your enemy's potent sonic attack for 22 damage. Along with six regular damage for twenty-eight damage that round. 
Alright, quick stone, quick stone, bash, 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 bash. It's nearly down, nearly down. Oop! Your mind feels, head feels about to explode. Your mind is assailed by your enemy's potent sonic attack. He's only got 70, 7% health left, 3%. Bash! He is slain. 267 XP. Without a sound, Luke Rickwin's bot bloodied remains slumped to the ground at your feet. You quickly step forward, preparing to strike him a final glow. But without warning, his corpse is consumed by a thick, swirling band of grey gray mist. As the mist rapidly departs, leaving no sign of Luke Rickwin's body in its wake. Alarmed by the sudden return of events, but hopefully you've seen the last of him. You warily turn your attention back to the Firewind portal. You're standing on a You're standing on a broad patch of scorched ground at the eastern edge of the basin, over which which hovers were the four firewind portals. The inky swirling core of the magical gate emits a steady pulsing hum. Step into the portal. You step into the portal, immediately find yourself standing in a small dome chamber, lit by a faint white light. Your wary eyes are swiftly drawn to the centre of the room. In the centre of the dome chamber, rising out of the massive blocks of stone that make up the floor, is a wide, circular stone cliff. Engravings around the edge of the cliff depict fire and lightning. Standing upon the top of the cliff, its high back and iron inlaid thrones adorned with elaborate gravings is a grand oaken throne. You feel compelled to take your place upon its seat, but you immediately cast any such notion from your mind. Realise beyond any doubt you must somehow affect the destruction of this throne. Yes, because I admit sitting on that throne might have given me giving me a stat bonus the last time. But I'm not going to push my luck again. Because these thrones are bad news. Now the last one I destroyed, destroyed with a platinum star coin. Oh, I have seven of them now. I guess something... I guess it was some wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing. Because I've definitely used some before. But now I haven't. I guess I got these coins in the timeline that I'm now in. As I said, time travel is complicated. It's a big, wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey thing. But, nevertheless, I'm going to use the Platinum Star coins. Use. 512 experience general. You draw out one of the platinum and star coins and place it on the seat of a grand wooden throne. A bright white light momentarily envelops both the coin and the throne, and the glow quickly fades. The power of this ancient chair, a vessel that long and effortlessly passed through both time and space, is now gone forever. Yay! Sharp crackling from eyes startles you, and you instinctively spin around, only to discover the portal for which you enter this chamber is swiftly closing. Without a moment's delay, you step into the shrinking gate, 
immediately find your ghost self once again standing on the eastern edge of the stony basin. Yep, over which one of the towering firewind portals recently hovered. Alright, the ground hits the construct. I shall use the power of elementalism. Succeeded. The enemy reeling in the wake of your swift and unexpected attack. Quickly prepare for combat. Massive construct. Quick combat hit. It is slain. And some healing. 25 XP with a loud groan. Coupled with the sound of splintering stone. The massive construct collapses into a twisted heap of rubble. The tremendous bulk sending tremors surging through the ground beneath your feet. The enemy horde still pressing in on you on all sides. Take only a few seconds to catch your breath before once again setting off across the field of battle. Okay. It's another construct. I'll use shadow magic. That lets me get a devastating attack in. Quick combat. Slain. 25 XP. I once more set across the field of battle. A thick, swirling band of grave mist forms out of the thin air white in front of you. The churning belt of dark fog rapidly condenses and attempts to adopt a new and hideous form. Hmm. Maybe these things can't meet in more than one at a time because they're the same beings and if they touch it causes a paradox. Alright. I'm going to, now I'm going to attempt to flee. You manage to evade your enemy as you swiftly retreat to the centre of the stone basin. Oh, and now I'm in the middle. Oh. Okay, that's pretty quick. Okay, I'll do the south portal now. A sharp crackling sound, followed by a wash of air, fills you with dread. Spinning in the direction of the wind, your heart skips a beat. A broad arc of blue lightning, undoubtedly launched by one of the stomping strong constructs, streaks through the air towards you. You have only a split second to act. Okay, I've got a few options. Fortification, elementalism, or shadow magic. You can also attempt to dodge the deadly arc of lightning. Or attempt to deflect the arc of lightning with my shield. Ooh, I'll try that. Your shield's melee weighting of 20. Melee weighting bonus of plus 20 has hoped to decrease the result you need to obtain for success. Using your shield, you attempt to position yourself to deflect the deadly arc of lightning now streaking towards you. Pick a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from might, 20 from agility, 20 from body. Need 80 or more. So, hmm... Good thing I got that glittering ice shield first. Now, of course, if someone had, say, got some of the super expensive, super premium shields, they could very well have guaranteed success on this, but... Yeah, you don't need that. Pick now. 153, success. 8 XP applied to general. Using your shield, you expertly deflect... The streaking arc of lightning, suddenly the deadly charge slamming into the earth several feet to your left. 
with a loud war followed by rush of wind again fills you with dread. Spinning in the direction of the wind, your heart nearly skips a beat. A wide bolt of flame, undoubtedly launched by one of the silver armatures up, streaks through the air towards you. You have only a split second to act. Attempt to dodge it this time. You dive to your white and enough to throw yourself out of the path of a streaking bolt of flame. Pick a number. Bonus 40. 20 from agility, 10 from body, 10 from luck. Need 70 or more. Pick now. 72. Success. You nimbly and narrowly, very narrowly, dodge the streaking bolt of flame. The swift reaction has spared you the ravages of the deadly attack. Okay, making my way to the southern portal. A shrill hiss rises above the chaotic din that fills the basin, causing you to instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance. A silver armour tuzzle, its clawed hands gripping the hilt of a glistening scimitar, merges from the surrounding horde and surges across the stony ground towards you, its blazing yellow eyes fixed on its intended prey. So, if I flee, I go back to the centre, so no point in doing that. Unless I want to quick, I think you can heal there or something. I assume that's what our help is. I'll use the power of fortification. Succeeded. Your timely and clever use of your power of fortification creates an opportunity for you to deal with the towering, towering fire elemental with devastating... But wait a minute. It wasn't a fire elemental. With your enemy reeling in the wake of your swift and unexpected attack, quickly prepare for combat. The chaotic roar of the enemy horde that fills the basin, winking in your ears, bravely engaged the towering fire elemental. But it was a snake a few moments ago, right? Quick combat. It is slain. 34 XP. For deafening war, the fire elemental vanishes leaving its wake on your thin, churning column of grey smoke. The enemy horde, still pressing in around your sides, take only a few seconds to catch your breath, for once again setting off across the field of battle. Well, I guess that... I guess when you're fighting people that can time travel, I guess sometimes what you're fighting can just change? Loud war, followed by a rush of wind, fills you with dread. Spinning in the direction of the rush of wind, your heart nearly skips a beat. A wide bolt of flame, undoubtedly launched by one of the sil- crouching silver armor tuzzle, streaks through the air towards you. Split second to act. I will use the power of fortification. Succeeded. 24xp to fortification. You summon your power of fortification. Your cl- clever... Your timely and clever use of your magical discipline of fortification has spared you the ravages of a deadly bolt of flame. Okay. Okay, getting close to the southern portal. Suddenly, a shout, loud crackling sound followed by the rush of air fills you with dread. Spinning in the direction of the rush of wind, your heart skips and eats. The broad arc of blue lightning, undoubtedly launched by one of the stomping constructs, streaks through the air towards you. You've only a split second to act. Now, presumably they're not having two of them do it at once, because you do not cross the beams. 
just don't do that. Bad things happen if you cross the beams. Okay, so I can dodge, deflect, or I could use fortification, elemental, shadow magic. Mm, shadow magic. Call upon your power, shadow magic. 24 XP to it. Your timely and clever use of, of your magical discipline of shadow magic has spared you the ravages of the deadly arc of lightning. Okay, the door, the southern portal is one to the west. There it is. Step into the portal. You're standing on a broad patch of scorched ground on the southern edge of the basin. Over it offers one of the three remaining firewind portals. The inky and swirling core of the magical gate emits a steady pulsing hum. Step into the portal. You step into the portal, immediately find yourself standing in a small dome chamber, lit by a faint white light. Your wary eyes are swiftly drawn to the centre of the room. In the centre of the dome chamber, rising out of the massive blocks of stone that make up the wall, is a wide circular stone plinth. Gravings around the edge of the plinth depict fire and lightning. Standing atop the plinth, its high back and iron-named arms adorned with elaborate engravings, it's a grand oaken throne. Ooh, this one's oaken too. You, fe you feel compelled to, to take your place upon its seat, but immediately cast any such notion from your mind. Realise beyond any doubt, you must somehow affect the destruction of this throne. So I can use a pl the Platinum Star coin on it. And that's in the recently used item list. Which yeah, you have at the bottom of the stat screen. You have a list of the skills and powers you've recently used so you can use them again quickly use it platinum star coin 512 experience to general you draw out one of the platinum star coins and place it on the seat of the grand wooden throne a bright white light momentarily envelops both the throne and the coin but the glow quickly fades the power of this ancient chair, a vessel that long and effortlessly passed through to both time and space, is now gone forever. A sharp crackling from behind startles you and you distinctively spin around, only to discover the portal through which you entered this chamber is swiftly closing. Without a moment's delay, you step into the shrinking gate and immediately find yourself once again standing on the edge the southern edge of the stony basin. Okay, gonna make my way to the western portal. Huh. Oh, I, 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 got, I managed to move three times before I was attacked. As the attack rate went down, now that there's less portals, maybe. Or maybe I just got lucky. Thick, swirling band of grey mist furls, forms out the air in front of you. The churning band of the dark fog rapidly condenses and begins to adopt a new and hideous form. Hold my ground and engage the enemy. The chaotic war of the enemy horde that fills the base and ring in your ears. You bravely engage the churning band of mist. Suddenly, just as it draws to within melee range, 
the, the swirling clog of cloud of fog transforms itself into the vaporing, vaporous likeness of a towering, club-wielding giant. Begin combat. The ta- the ta- ta- the deadly towering giant swells its attempts to envelop you. Oh dear. Don't want to be enveloped. I might be a ways from history. Now we're going to battle ways. Hey, I'm trying to do something here. You have slain your foe. 26 XP. Without sounds, the creature with grey fog rapidly dissipates, leaving behind only thin wisps of grey mist. With the enemy horde still pressing in around you on all sides, take only a few seconds to catch your breath before once again setting off across the field of battle. Okay, um, it's a construct. I will use shadow magic. Your timely and clever use of the power of shadow magic creates an opportunity for you to deal the stone and iron construct a devastating blow. Your enemy reeling in the wake of your swift and unexpected attack. Quickly prepare for combat. Quick combat. Slain it. 38 XP. A little bit of healing. No, no, wait. 25 XP. For loud groan. Coupled with the sound of splittering stone, the massive construct collapses into a twisted heap of rubble. Tremendous bulk sending tremors surging through the ground beneath your feet. The enemy hordes still passing in around you on all sides. Take only a few seconds to catch your breath before once again setting off across the field of battle. So, one to the east is Clarelith's body. I'm going to examine the remains. As examination of the seer's remains reveals she's indeed dead, but you're inexplicably drawn to her dark, lifeless eyes. Gaze into her eyes. Your gaze is drawn deep into the seer's dark, lifeless eyes. For a moment, you feel something, but the sensation rapidly fades. Uh, that didn't seem to do anything. I think maybe it would heal my stamina points. A loud roar, followed by a wash of wind, fills you with dread. Spinning in a direction of rush of wind, your heart nearly skips a beat. A wide bolt of flame, undoubtedly launched by one of the encroaching silver arm and tassel, streaks through the air towards you, with only a split second to act. I shall use the power of fortification. Succeeded. 24 XP to fortification. When I channel it, your timely and clever use of your magical discipline of fortification spared you the ravages of the deadly bolt of flame. Suddenly, sharp crackling sound, followed by the wash of air, again fills you with dread. A broad arc of blue lightning, undoubtedly launched by one of the stomping constructs, streaks through the air towards you, with only a split second to act. Block it with my shield. Bonus of 60, need to get 80. Pick now, 101. 8 XP to general. Using your shield, you expertly deflect the streaking arc of lightning, sending the deadly charge slamming into the earth several feet to your left. Okay. 
A loud roar, followed by a rush of wind, again fills you with dread. It's a bolt of flame. I shall block it with my shield. Although, admittedly, this is a glittering ice shield, so this might be a bad idea. So, bonus of 60. Need 80 or more. Pick now. 144 success. 8 XP applied to general. Using your shield, you expertly just deflect the streaking bolt of flame, sending the deadly charge slamming into the earth several feet to your left. Okay, getting close to the... Alright, one step away from the portal, the western portal. You're standing on a broad patch of scorched ground at the western edge of the basin. Over hovers one of the two remaining firewind portals. The inky, swirling core of the magical gate meets a steady, pulsing hum. Step into the portal. You step into the portal and immediately find yourself standing in a small dome chamber, lit by a faint white light. Your wary, wary eyes are swiftly drawn to the centre of the room. In the centre of the dome chamber, rising out of the massive blocks of stone that make up the floor, is a wide circular stone plinth. Engravings around the edge of the plinth depict fire and lightning. Standing atop the plinth, its high back and iron engraved arms adorned with... Uh, and we're, we're back. Standing atop the plinth, plinth its high back and iron engraved arms adorned with elaborate engraving. It's a grand oaken throne. Feel compelled to take your place upon its seat. Be it cast any such notion from your mind, realize beyond a doubt. You must somehow affect the destruction of the throne. Use the platinum star coin. 512 speed to general. You draw out one of the platinum star coins and place it on the seat of the grand wooden throne. A bright white light momentarily envelops both the coin and the throne, but the glow quickly fades. The power of this ancient chair vessel that long and effortlessly travelled through both time and space is now gone forever. A sharp cracking from behind startles you, and you instinctively spin around, only to discover the portal through which you entered the chamber is swiftly closing. Without a moment's delay, you step into the shrinking gate and instantly find yourself once again standing on the western edge of the stony basin. Okay, just just one more portal left. You are currently forty-five yards south and sixty yards less west of the northern portal. Okay, to the northern portal. Loud war, followed by a wash of wind, fills you with dread. You're spinning in the direction of the wash of wind. Your heart nearly skips a beat. A wide bolt of flame. Undoubtedly launched by one of the encroaching silver-armoured tassel, streets through the air towards you, only a split second to act. I shall use the power of elementalism. I use it for 24 XP to elementalism. Your timely and clever use of your magical discipline of elementalism has spared you the ravages of the deadly bolt of flame. 
sharp crackling sound, followed by a wash of air again fills you with dread. Spinning in the direction of the wash of wind, your heart skips a beat. A broad arc of blue lightning, undoubtedly launched by one of the stomping constructs, streaks through the air towards you. Only a split second to act. So, saying things again, I will dodge it. Bonus, you dive to your left in a desperate effect of effort to throw yourself out of the path of shrieking arc of lightning. But pick a number. Bonus 40. 20 for agility, 10 for body, 10 for luck. You need 50 or more. Pick now. 131 is a success. You nimbly and narrowly, not that narrowly, dodge the shrieking arc of lightning. Your swift reaction has spared you the ravages of the deadly attack. A loud war, followed by a rush of wind, again fills you with dread. It's a wide bolt of flame. I'll use elementalism. 24x speed to elementalism, stopping that flame. Okay, making my way towards the northern portal. Here I am. Yes, it's definitely... the. The enemies are definitely getting more less common as I close more and more of the portals. Step into the portal. You step into the portal. You immediately find yourself standing in a small domed chamber, lit by a faint white light. Your wary eyes are drawn to the centre of the womb. In the centre of the domed chamber... Rising out of the massive blocks of stone that make up the floor, it's a wide, circular stone plinth. Engravings around the edge of the plinth depict fire and lightning. Standing atop the plinth, its high back and iron-laid arms hopelessly charred, is a once-grand flome of alderwood. You instantly recognise the throne. The throne to be the same one you last last encountered within a strange theoretical vessel in the forests outside Carson, 500 years ago. Oh, I didn't destroy it completely. I thought I did. Well, I'm going to finish the job. Realise, beyond any doubt, you must somehow affect the final destruction of the throne using a platinum star coin. 512 experience applied to General. You draw out one of the Platinum Star coins and place it on the seat of the grand wooden throne. A bright white light momentarily envelops both the coin and the throne. The glow quickly fades suddenly. A chilly, binding flash of light fills the chamber. You quickly fall back from the throne, instinctively shielding your eyes from the Dazzling glare as a wall of fire and several arcs of broad lightning rise up from the plinth that envelop the older wood chair. The, the glare the glare dims somewhat and the fire recedes, allowing you to return to your gaze to the throne. There, seated upon the grand seat, is the slight bent figure of Lucrin. The ghostly maid turns towards you. His withered face bearing an expression that betrays unspoken fears the long-hidden anguish. The man you first encountered on the shores of Sargadal nods once and raises his hand as the fire and lightning again leap 
on the surface of the plinth to envelop the throne. As the waging flames swiftly consume the throne and its ghostly occupant, you suddenly realise ball of fire and lightning is actually alive. Startled by this unnerving revelation, you draw yourself into a defensive stance, the towering of being of flame and energy has turned its faceless gaze towards you. Staring at the warring band of crimson fire that continues to devour the foe, you sense both profound intelligence and an utter indifference to your presence. Lucavin's ghastly screams will haunt your quietest moments the rest of your life. His final seconds, street, seated upon the charred Alderwood throne, he shrieks in agony as the towering being of fire and light ravishly consumes his ghostly form. With a deafening roar, the broad column of crimson flame shoots up from the seat of the throne and strikes the dome ceiling, showering you with countless smouldering cinders and small fragments of fire-blackened stone. When at last the dazzling light that fills the chamber fades, you will cover your eyes and gaze at the plinth rising out of the centre of the floor, only a small, dark pile small pile of dark ash remains to mark the spot upon which the, which the throne and its occupant stood moments ago. Recalling the unnerving speed with which the other portals closed, you promptly step turn to step back through the firewind gate, but as you do, you're suddenly overcome by a strange, disorientating sensation. Unable to retain your footing, you stagger forwards, Collapse to your knees, your head spinning as you attempt, attempt to steady yourself on your shaking hands. An overwhelming sense of wariness washes over you. Looking up in the direction of the portal, witness a strange scene beginning to take form as the swirling mist that churns throughout the chamber. A vivid, colourful scene rapidly unfolds against the black drop of the swirling mist that now fills the dome chamber. You watch, unable to move, the image of an island rising out of the raging sea slowly takes shape. A vast region of rolling hills fall away from the edge of the savage ocean, sweeping inland towards a wild, rugged landscape, painted a lurid hue of crimson by the broad waves of the setting sun. Suddenly, the shadowy image of a tower looms into view. Soaring to impossible heights, as it quickly bolts out the west, blots out the west of its surroundings. A lone figure, the silhouette of a woman, stands atop the tower, pressing up against the dark structure's ancient battlements. Without a sound, the figure collapses onto the seat of the grand chair, a large, ornate throne that slides silently out of the shadows. The faceless woman sits back upon the throne and raises both her arms skyward. A soft whisper, that's her voice utterly unknown and yet unmistakably familiar, echoes through the mist-filled chambers. We are not the same. We are no different. I do not remember. I, can, I, fire, I cannot forget. We feel compelled to answer the whisper, even if just to acknowledge that it's not gone unheard. Before you can even part your lips, the image again, which against the mist fades, everything goes black. You wake with a start that 
and it seems like seems like only a moment ago, and find yourself staring up at the grey cloud-filled sky that slowly churns high above the stony basin. Suddenly, you slide back several feet along the ground on your back. A pair of hands hooked on your arms release their grip, and a familiar, smiling, golden-bearded face appears above you, blocking your view of the swirling sky. You look up at the beaming face of Fame Pollard, and can't help but adopt a portion of his broad grin. He's alive! Yay! Never admitted to dragging you so unceremoniously, he says wily, but how can I now deny it? I just wanted to be sure you weren't too close to where that portal was. After all, little good ever comes of such things. I only just managed to pull you out of that portal before it closed, he says, shaking his head. You could have waited for us, Zoop. Found a small army of Tuzzle waiting for us on the road and were just slightly waylaid. The thane smirks and tells you not to attempt to get up just yet. Give yourself a few moments, he says, casting a gaze in the direction of his men as they attempt to move a large fragment of one of the many fallen constructs that litter the field of battle. You are likely to find yourself just a bit more unsteady than you might lead yourself to believe. You rise up on your elbows and look in all directions, surprised to find a large mixed force of boulder rangers, soldiers and mercenaries are searching through the remains of countless slain Tazar and shattered construct that lie across the floor of the basin. Aimporn places his hands on his hips and allows his gaze to wander. He says nothing, but you instinctively sense he is wary. Suddenly, a figure several yards to your left stands up, from examining the bloody corpse of an armoured Tazal. He turns to face you. Your heart skips a beat, and your pulse quickens as the leather-clad woman, her shoulders draped with a dark blue cape, steps towards you and smiles. The face is somehow different than you recall, but its simple beauty coupled with the welcome comfort effortlessly radiated by the genuine warmth of an ever-broadening smile leaves you with no doubt regarding her identity. Stepping towards you, fixing, picking her way across the carnage that litters the field of battle, is a woman forever fondly ensconced in your memory, twice, most recently as the bold and virtuitous Thane Fallen, another time and place, seemingly far removed from the present, as the huntress Talibra. Yeah. It was the good Thane here who pulled you out of there, says Thane. Says Thane Point, slapping Tabrana's shoulder. I dare say it had the portal closed, we would never have known what became of you. Don't misunderstand, Zook. Not one among mongers desires your gratitude for that. It is we who owe you a debt of gratitude that will likely never be fully repaid. Thane Point reaches down and helps you to your feet. You wise unceremoniously discover it takes a great effort to remain standing. The weariness in your limbs and the dull ache cursing for your body is like nothing you've ever experienced. Thane Fulham, the wo woman you best remembered best to the huntress Telebois, steps forward and initiates a shoulder cross. As you reach out to meet her in the gesture, she suddenly leans in close to your ear. 
remember soup, she whispers. Or should I continue to call you Tallis Jr.? I do not understand how it is I can remember that which seemingly never was. And yet, I have never forgotten it. Telepar pulls back and extends her left hand. There, lying in the centre of her open palm, is an object to you all too familiar. You stare down at the platinum star coin resting in her hand. Before you quite know what's happening, Telebra leans in and places a tender kiss on your cheek. Thanepar's eyes widen, but he says nothing. No further words of exchange as you make your way towards the southern edge of the basin in the company of the two Thanes. As you pass by the spot where the body of Carliff lays, you pause for a and gaze upon the empty, stony patch of earth. You turn to find both Thane Porrand and Thane Thorin standing several yards to the south, apparently waiting for you to catch up. Indifferent to their curious looks, you stoop down and place the remainder of your platinum and star coins on the middle of the stony patch. Then, rising to your full height, more steadily than before, you rejoin your distinguished companions Continue on your way out of the basin, but weeks overwhelmingly of death. And that finishes this scenario, the penultimate scenario, with 8,192 experience to general and 2,048 experience to all skills and powers. There's only one scenario left. It's called A Visit. That's more of an epilogue. There's no, there's no combat or checks or anything. It's an epilogue and it hints towards it ain't over yet. We will return to Sangard Island at some point. But for now, I shall once again save... And until next time, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.